1: i
2: for miracles. It prepares the atmosphere for the miraculous to flow. And Lord, you are so worthy. No one has done what you have done. And Lord, you love us with an unconditional love. You're a faithful God, a good God, a loving God, a compassionate God. We are privileged to know you and to put our trust in you. And you never, ever let us down. Thank you, Your Majesty, for being in our midst. And we thank you for speaking to us.
1: Thank <laughs>
2: for the father desires people to worship him in spirit and in truth it should not be something awkward but it should be an experience of love between a father and their child so come into my presence I welcome you in I desire you to be with me And I'm pleased when you worship me, for I shall inhabit your praises, and I shall show myself strong on your behalf. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Signature Worship Team, the best worship team ever. You may have your seats. We're so appreciative of the faithfulness. And the diligence of our worship team. God brought them here from different places. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad that you're here at VCF this morning. Amen. You're in the right place at the right time. To hear a right now word from God. All right. What what do we like to do at VCF? We like to speak the word, don't we? So join us as we make our confession of faith. God God is is very very good good to to us. His
3: Holy Spirit Spirit reveals
1: to us
2: what
3: God has freely freely given given to us. We have and enjoy the good things that God has made
1: available available to us.
3: We are greatly blessed by the Lord
1: and we possess possess the gates of our enemies. enemies. We are joint heirs with Jesus,
3: and we take hold of all our inheritance.
4: The Lord has separated us
3: to himself,
4: and he has given us territory
3: to possess. Our land is fruitful, productive, thriving, and flourishing. God gives us his best. Whenever Father God has planted us,
4: we take possession of our
3: land. By doing God's commands, statutes, and
2: judgments, We gain divine wisdom and
3: understanding and become great in
2: God's sight. We are God's people, his priests who minister to him.
3: We eat the wealth of nations and prosper in God. Instead of shame, we have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, we shout for joy over our portion. Jesus is our portion.
4: In our land, we possess
3: double, and everlasting joy belongs to us. God faithfully rewards us and makes an everlasting covenant with us.
1: Everything that God has
3: promised has been made available to us,
1: and we can possess it all. God
3: establishes and confirms us in Christ, and he anoints us. We are never disappointed because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through Holy Spirit who was given to us. Everything in the Bible is for our instruction. We are encouraged by God's written word to have hope, and we overflow with confidence in his promises. We glorify, praise, and honor the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance.
2: To
1: proclaim the uncompromising word of
3: God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises And experiencing experiencing their their benefits. benefits. Amen. I'm going to share something real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, two things. When uh, the Bible talks about God inhabiting the praises of his people, you want God to carry your praises on him. So when the enemy comes to accuse you, The fragrance of your praise is on God. Isn't that something? So the enemy is going to have a hard, tough time telling God how bad you are when you've been so good to him. (laughs) Amen. So you got to think about your praises. God inhabits the praises. He makes a home with your praises. And my praises, the praises of His people. So individually, when you worship God, He's got uh, He's got your voice tone, the sound. It's like a scent of a perfume on Him. But then, as a church, when we worship together, there's another fragrance that comes up to Him from us all. Amen. So you get to participate in a lot of worship if you do your private worship and then you come here. So think of it in that way that God, every time you come, it's like and, and you could give different levels of it to God. The more revelation you have of God, you worship him with that revelation so that uh, your fragrance is continually being upgraded to what he expects it to be. He already had a plan for what we should be and the more we worship him and he inhabits the, the praises, you know, that we send up. I mean, we smell God smells like us.
1: <laughs> How's
3: the devil going to come against that? <laughs> right? And then God could tell him, "Listen, you don't tell me how to discipline my child. I have my own ways of doing that. Thank you. Goodbye." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz the devil's always bringing an accusation, right? But we got answers. God has answers on him from us. Like isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to share something with you that I shared with the worship team this morning. I was reading in my devotional time. I don't even like to call it. I was reading the Bible. Uh, Psalm 130 in the Passion Translation. Psalm 130. And if you want to go down to verse 7. Listen, I was excited when I read this. I don't know about you, but you can be as, like, you know, like, oh, it's no big deal or be, it's a big deal, Okay. Psalm 130, verse 7. Oh, Israel, keep hoping, keep trusting, and keep waiting on the Lord, which is very fitting for today. Amen? For he is tenderhearted, kind, and forgiving. And this is the part that got me so excited. He has a thousand ways to set you free. Check that out. A thousand ways. Pick one and just go. With whatever way God gives you, it will work. Period. Like you, this is why people don't make decisions about solving their problems because they're waiting for the perfect answer. There's a thousand perfect answers. You can't miss. That's a really big bullseye. <laughs> you understand? And if you went through all thousand and still didn't make a decision, then honestly, you like where you are. Like, seriously. But he might just repeat it again for you. Like, here are the thousand choices again. You see? So I just want to encourage you with that today. I don't care what the devil presents to you, honey. God got a thousand ways to free you from that thing. And everything the devil brings to you is bondage. Every single thing. Because in order for him to control you, he has to bind you up. Right? Because the way... That you take over a man's house. There's a verse about that. You first have to bind take out the strong man. Well, you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, right? So you are the strong man in the good way that's protecting your house, your body. So in order for the devil to defeat you, he has to bind you up. He has to shut you down. But God has a thousand ways to your freedom, honey. I mean, in one day, you can knock everything out. A thousand answers. Like, isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but I was like all excited. I was like, hey, I'd like to get into some of those bigger solutions that the world hasn't seen yet. Let's bring it on. We're the ones that show forth the glory of God on this earth. We we are the we're the temple of, of the Holy Spirit, right? So when He wants to show something, it's through us. When God showed up on the earth and He wanted the earth to see light, He had to show it. He said, "Light be," and there it was, right? It didn't come from anywhere else; it came from Him. We carry the Spirit of God in us. So when we go in an atmosphere and there's no everybody's like, we don't know what we're gonna do. He <laughs> said, "God, give me number one." <laughs> Give me number 599. I don't care. You got a thousand ways. Show me one. It's not what Joseph did when he went in front of the king? Isn't that what Moses did? All these guys. Daniel, when he fasted and prayed, it was a thousand solutions. He going to come up with a thousand solutions. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> That's my thing for today.
4: <laughs> All right. I love it. We are empowered to win in Jesus' name. Hallelujah welcome to victor christian fellowship november december we are december november is in the past hallelujah did you have a great november december is going to be greater we just received a whole bunch of key information for a better greater more glorious december Yeah, let's celebrate. Could you imagine a thousand gifts in your house when you return? Oh, yeah. Start thinking of these deliverances, these solutions as gifts. Yeah. And you open them up and you get to experience them. Woo, I'm excited. Uh, I got all this stuff flying through my head, but I'm here to make announcements. Focus. I was reading Pastor Doug's book, Connecting with Your Father. That is an awesome book. It was so long since I read it, I did basically forget what it was about. He sets it up so cool. It's like a devotional. There's 37 ways that we can connect with our Father in that book. It's two pages a day. And it's focus. See, focus is what reminded me of it. He said focus on Jesus right? It's the gospel of John. It's so focused. I love the focus. Thank you, Pastor Doug. I need it. You know, some trimming up on my focus. I love how it's all from the gospel of John. It's all ways we can connect. It's two pages and each day, I call it a day, but you didn't really exactly set it up that way. Ends with a prayer to empower us to know how to apply what we just read in in the two pages. But obviously, I, I I didn't, I'm not doing one a day. I did 15 in one day. I'm so excited. I'm like devouring this. So thank you, Pastor Doug. It's a great book. If you need a stocking stuffer, one of the 1,000 gifts you want to give, connecting with your father or the father. It's two hands connecting. It's in the bookstore. It's You can buy it on Shopify, VCFPA.org, or on Amazon. But, yeah, I was The Lord prompted me to read all the books the pastors wrote. He said, you forgot a lot of stuff. So I'm reading them all in December so that I am ready for 2024. That's my goal, just letting you know why I'm doing this. So I'm doing one of Pastor Doug's and one of Dr. Fiona's, and I'm going back and forth like that, and I'm getting the perfect mixture because God said you are like a mighty when your marriage is like a um, explosive yeah There's a lot of power that's all <laughs> so i'm combining the books that they wrote because their revelations their passions it's their purpose in a cover of a book oh my goodness yes so i'm focused on jesus in that regard hello I love looking at your faces. That's really why I pause. You are beautiful, handsome. You're created in the image of God. And it's a blessing that you're in the house of the Lord today. It really is. We miss you when you're not here. And we look for your face the next time. So thank you so much for coming and being here on this rainy December. I don't even know what day it is, but it's December. Tuesday is Air Force. That's for the youth. <laughs> Youth group at 6 p.m., 6 to 8, we have a feast, and we have fellowship, and we have fire. And then we produce a lot of fruit. Yeah. And there's freedom in Jesus' name. Yes. And then um, earlier that day, this generation is the middle school program. And Levi's wearing one of their Christmas gifts they got. They created some logos And we put it on a sweatshirt for them. So after service, if you want to check it out, they all got hoodies, and they love them. And we were so glad to be able to bless them with something they created. All right. And then that's what, 125 to 225. I forgot to tell you that part. You're welcome to volunteer for that if if you're available on a Tuesday afternoon. We meet here, and we welcome your volunteer. Just see me, and I'll get you set up. Wednesday Night Refreshing is at 6.30 p.m. You want to come be refreshed on Wednesday night? (laughs) All right. And then Thursday is Bible Adventure. That's third, fourth, and fifth graders from Forge and Northside Elementary Schools. They are growing every week. They are bringing and inviting more and more of their fellow classmates and schoolmates. So... It's exploding with growth, and they receive a Bible. The living word of God is written in there, and many of them don't have a copy. Can you imagine how their lives are being changed for God's glory? I'm excited about that. And then, that's Thursday, Thursday. Friday, Saturday. Saturday is the youth breakfast from 9 to 11. And in the midst of that, we're going to join the people that are going to the square this Saturday. So if you want to meet us at the square at 1015, 1015 to 1045, we've strategically picked this time because they have um, holiday festivities with a Santa house right next to the square. So we're going to be there telling people about the love of Jesus before they meet Santa and get a picture with him. They could get a picture with us. Yeah, so dress festive and, you know, be ready for some pictures with the Victory Christian Fellowship crew. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> That's Saturday. And then after that, youth were baking cookies. Our youth loved to work in the kitchen, learn new skills, they teach me different ways to do things. It's a lot of fun. We make a mess, but we clean it up. Sprinkles everywhere. <laughs> and creativity. Always do something in a different way. If you're interested in cookies, there's a sign-up sheet in the back so we know how many to prepare for you. If you forget, we're making extras. So we will have some available for you. And we don't have an ending time. Just stay as long as you're able, youth to make the cookies, and uh, I was going to say Pastor Nelson and I will clean up, but Pastor Nelson is still hunting, so <laughs> if the deer is still in the woods, <laughs> Melissa always helps me clean up, <laughs> and Abby, when she's available on Tuesdays, Abby takes care of cleanup. Okay, talking about Abby, see Abby about the Christmas Kids Life program. They're gearing up today to get started on that. And there's a way for you to participate because they're videoing. Video. You say video. You don't say taping no more. You just say video. How? Recording. Just forget the video. Recording. They're recording it, and then it's going to be part of the Christmas service, right? Okay, so the Christmas service is this year on December 24th, a Sunday, So we're doing it Sunday morning. Notice how we say candlelight service. That other word is dropped out because it's in the morning. (laughs) Morning time. We're celebrating with candlelight in the morning. Don't you love how we mix things up? Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Sunday, December 24th. I think I remembered everything and I told you some extra stuff, so God bless you.
2: At VCF, we have uh, announcements that preach. Amen. Well, I'm going to share scripture with you, then I'm going to share some pictures with you, then we'll dismiss the kids. All right, but I want you to look at Acts chapter 4, and uh, we're going to start with verse 32. Acts chapter 4, and verse 32. And uh, it's, it's an amazing uh, atmosphere that was uh, created here. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. And that's God's goal, for us to be of one heart and one soul. All right? Amazing things happen when there's this uh, level of Unity. Neither said any of them that uh, of the things which he possessed was his own. So if you think about it, this is my house. They didn't think of it as my house. They thought of it as God's house. They didn't think of it as my car. They thought of it as God's car. Okay? And, uh, but they had all things in common because there, at this time there weren't any church buildings. And uh, the church was just started here on Pentecost. Everything, they had synagogues for Judaism, but they didn't have churches, okay? And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Say, I have great grace on me. me. Neither was there any among them that lacked. That's pretty powerful. You're talking over 3,000 people, not one of them lacked. All right. Because of the atmosphere for as many as were possessors of lands and houses. Is there an S on the word lands? Is there an S on the word house? So everybody say more more than one. Okay. They sold them. All right. Now, normally if you sell something, you give a tie. That's 10%. They didn't give a tie. They went beyond. And they brought the prices of the things that were sold. Think about it. If you sell a property for $50,000, right? They were bringing the 50000 because they had extra. <laughs> they had extra properties, okay? And they laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, whose name is Barnabas, he's the son of consolation, a Levite. That means he was of the priestly line. And of the country of Cyprus, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. That's some serious giving. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And I know, VC, and I'm not telling you to go sell your properties or your houses, right? I'm just saying that this is what they did in this moment, all right? But you guys are amazing givers. VCF is amazing, generous givers, and I celebrate your giving, and uh, you are impacting the kingdom of God with your gifts. Your gifts are changing lives. Your gifts are spreading the message of inheritance and hope and salvation all around the world. And uh, as you give this morning, I just want you to think about that. Father, I just give you thanks and praise for the givers and their gifts. I call them blessed of you. I, I call them prospered and provided for by you. And Lord, I ask you to protect them. Look over their things from the beginning of the year to the end of the year and let them suffer no loss and, Lord, let them be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, wherever they are. We call them blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you watch online, you can go to our website and give that way. Of course, you can give anytime, any, anywhere. All right, we're going to show you some pictures from Africa. Now, I received this shirt as, as a gift of honor from the place. And you've got to have the whole thing on, right? So this is the whole outfit. <laughs> And uh, we, uh, we went to the country of Liberia, uh, myself, Gabriel, and Steve Hoffman, and we had a tremendous time. It's a country that neither one of us has ever been to, and we saw God do great and mighty things. We were able to edify and encourage pastors so that the work that we began will continue. And we touched a lot of pastors in different ways, so we can, okay, th- this little girl, she's our buddy, right? Every day she would come to us. Gabriel would hold her or I would hold her. Her mom uh, did some singing and things. And uh, so she was, she was just precious. Hallelujah. There's me. Uh, I think I was singing there. <laughs> Steve Hoffman brought me up and had me sing a song with him. And there we were praying for some people. Uh, hallelujah. It was very hot there and the food is just as hot. And there's some of the uh, worshipers. They're very expressive in their worship. All they had was drums, shakers, and tambourines. And uh, they, they start singing a cappella, and they just, it's a beautiful sound, because the whole group reaches a sound, and it's very incredible. But uh, they're a lovely people, very expressive. Uh, they speak English, but they also speak their uh, native tongue called crew. Uh, most of them are from the crew tribe. There's a shaker right there, and they have it in the net thing. And uh, yeah, there's another photo there of the, me praying for that individual. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, I was holding up a prop, I think, for Steve. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure exactly. Or I was reading something. This is uh, Joshua Blahey. He was wearing the camo. That's a guy we met from Wisconsin who was on our flight. It was his first time. This is one of the rooms in uh, Hamilton's, Pastor Hamilton's house. He has three rooms for school. His wife actually started the church and a school, and his wife passed away two months ago. Two months ago before we had this conference, his wife passed away. Been, they were married for 21 years, and so the school, he kind of had to, that kind of interrupted. That's one of the classrooms in his house. And uh, the school got interrupted on, on her death, but he's, that's the kitchen. Yeah. They, they have uh, no running water. Uh, they use coal. So they had coal in a little pot. And uh, that, yeah, that's the kitchen. You can see the coals in the background. And uh, they're making popcorn. That was a children's program that we did on Saturday. So they're making popcorn. The cooker. So they, they made us lunch every day. And uh, if you eat their food, you have tons of this is where So that's another classroom. And they've been doing some repairs. Most of the buildings are concrete. And uh, other buildings are wood structure covered in tin. Tin for, tin for sides and tin for roofs. And, uh, yeah, that's one of the houses, uh, or no, that's the church that we were at. Yeah, that's the church from the outside where we were having our conference. And uh, a lot, some of the pastors stay, that's one of the houses. You see that a lot. All over Liberia, you see that more than you see a nice house. that Someone lives in that. So it gives you an idea. Yeah, that's the capital city of the country five million people that's the neighborhood where the church is at everything is dirt road in that village and uh you see some of the makeshift house there some some houses are okay but and that's a sign that uh, a church put up there about praying for liberia and it had really good points i could actually agree with all those things about liberia so i was able to snap that picture we were driving driving is very hectic um what would take us 15 minutes to go somewhere, takes about 45 minutes to an hour there. Because traffic is... Uh, there's uh, Brother Steve. He, he, he normally ministers in East Africa. This is his first time in West Africa. That's the street. As we're driving, people are all on the street every day until 11 p.m. at night. And uh, there's vendors that are there. And it's just like uh, they bring all their stuff in wheelbarrows. And they sell... And it's, it's, uh, it's a survival. Those are some of the pastors in our last service, that's driving to our church. As you can see, there are a couple places where they have big holes where you can actually swim in those puddles. Maybe, I don't know, but they're huge puddles. And, uh, there's our buddy again, and she would come up and give us stuff and we would hold it. And we would give it back to her. And, uh, cause there's no children's church. Right. Kids are in the main service. And um, uh, that was the only church that had uh, uh, sound. They had two microphones and uh, one speaker in the back. So and that's it. Praise the Lord. And we have we have a bunch more pictures, but this is just some of them. So you can get an idea. But it was an excellent trip. Thank you all who participated and partnered with us. Uh, you Touched the world from Palmyra, <clears throat> and this is actually the second VCF-sponsored crusade that we conducted in the nation in the in the continent of Africa. Yeah. We did uh, three of these in Kenya, and we did uh, one in Liberia. So this is the second one that VCF has sponsored. And when I say sponsored, uh, we provided breakfast every day and lunch every day, and uh, we are the only missionaries. That talked to the kitchen staff, there were a group of la- five or six ladies that would cook the foods for all the pastors and everybody we had we had uh, uh, other people cook for us individually because uh, we all sat in pastor hamilton 's office and ate lunch, but everybody else so we went and talked to the kitchen staff, and actually we gave each of them money cause, and, and they were they were so taken back and you know sometimes in Africa, they ask you for things. And so this one lady was asking, she, she had lost her cell phone. She says, I need a phone. And the one, the one lady who was in the kitchen, she stood up, she said, these are the only missionaries that have ever come and talked with us. She said, these are the real deal. And, and they were greatly blessed. And uh, we were able to take uh, Pastor Hamilton, and he has uh, he has six kids. Uh, one of his sons, his name is Hamilton Jr., he was with us the whole time, and he helped us. So we took him and his father out to dinner at a nice place. He hadn't been to a nice restaurant like that in 13 years. So, uh, but we were able to do that and bless him, and we, we were able to give him uh, money, too, and to be a blessing. No, uh, he's had pizza before, but uh, his son had pizza there. And uh, so that's kind of Liberia in a nutshell. Um, And they're hungry, and we're 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 thinking of a way that we can uh, set up a Bible school with a kit. Uh, Gabriel had this great idea of uh, putting a a screen and a generator and a DVD player in a kit, and making uh, lessons on DVD. That way, they don't have to because the internet's not necessarily reliable, and sometimes they have power interruptions. And uh, if, you have the, if you have your own power source and a DVD player, you, you, won't, you, you avoid those problems. And we could, send, we could send 10 of those to churches, and they can have Bible school. Yes. So the longest part of it would be us making the lessons on video. But we thought that was a great idea. So we're praying about it, see what the Lord wants to do. Amen. What's that? Yes. Uh, pull up Deuteronomy 111. Deuteronomy one eleven. I want you to see this too. Pull up Deuteronomy one eleven. Yep. Hallelujah. So, you know, you're all things to all men, so today I'm a little African. Right? May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are, and bless you as he has promised you. Everybody say a thousand times. God is an expert multiplier, and he can handle the biggest numbers a thousand ways and a thousand times. Yes, there we go. Amen. All right, we got some awesome kids in this place, and uh, they said that we were going to be part of a kids program, and Hamilton said about 30 or 40. Well, there was 100 plus kids that showed up, and thank God, we, I thought we had to do the whole program. But we were part of the program. So we we led them in Father Abraham. Man, and I'll tell you what, the librarians can clap really fast. When I started speeding up, they were clapping. I could hardly keep up. (laughs) They loved it. We did Father Abraham and shared the gospel with the kids. And uh, it was awesome. So, all right, kids of VCF, we are so glad that you're here. And you get to learn the Bible on your level. So have a good (laughs) class. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, altogether we were probably in a plane about 36, 38 hours. And, uh, but all the travel was good. All the security was good. Our, we, we, not any of us even had a headache. I mean, God just was awesome. And it's all because of uh, your partnership as well. So you sowed in good ground. Well, this morning, God put on a, a one word on my heart. And that word is confidence. And you know, as believers, we need to have confidence not in ourselves, not in our ability, not in the world system, but in God. Amen? So I want to talk to you today about confidence In God. Confidence in God. You know... um, When we're confident in God... Our lives take on a new stability... A new focus... And a new poise. Right? When you're confident... You walk differently. When you're confident... You talk differently. Champions are confident. Amen? Some champions are confident in their ability, but our confidence is in God. Hallelujah. We have a confidence in God and his word and his character. We have a God who never changes. Think about that. With all the upgrades that our electronics go through, I mean, I have an iPhone, and they're constantly, you need a software upgrade, right? God doesn't have to upgrade. He doesn't have to change. He's already perfect. And he's perfect for eternity. You will never hear God say, oops. Okay? So we don't put confidence in our flesh. But we put confidence in the God who made us, called us, saved us, and keeps us. Hallelujah. Joyce Meyer said, when we are confident, we believe and feel certain we can do something. And that belief empowers us to live with courage, joy, hopeful expectation. How many are courageous today? How many are joyful today? How many of you came here with some uh, hopeful expectation today? Maybe you're facing a situation, but when you you put confidence in God, he can change it. He can. He can change any situation when we trust in him. And uh, she said, also, a confident person can look in the mirror each day and say, you and God together can do anything you need to do today. Say, God and I. Can do anything we need to do today. Amen. Say it again. Say God and I. Can do anything that we need to do today. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? So. Uh, we are confident in God. Glory to God. What is. What does it mean? So there's confidence and Confidence. Okay, confident is an adjective, confidence is a noun. So the word confident is a feeling or a showing certainty, certainty, okay? It is, as of success, confidence is to be sure or self-assured, all right? We can do all things through who? How many things can we do? all things through Christ, not apart from Christ, not without Christ, but through Christ. He works with us. He works through us. He is working in us. Okay? To be confident is to be full of conviction. To be confident is to be secure and assertive. And how many know, as believers, we need to be assertive? We need to be able to confront evil in an assertive way. I mean, when Jesus had to clear out the temple, he didn't go around saying, could you please excuse me? Could you please move out of the... No, he was cracking a whip, overthrowing tables, and knocking things down. I think he was assertive. See, the devil will try to get you to doubt who you are, but God wants you to believe who you are. God's kids are confident kids. Confidence is being certain of your abilities or having trust in people, places, or future. That's the the, uh, uh, Webster's definition. All right? Go to Psalm chapter 9. Psalm chapter 9 and verse 10. Psalm 9 and verse 10. So I'm just going to take some time today and talk about Confidence. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about it. And we're just going to let the Bible define itself. I'm not a, a minister that just, you know, I know some people go online and get sermons or whatever, but I, I'm not, I get it from the Word. And I get it from God. Amen? Amen. Psalm 910. And they that know your name will put their trust in you. Whoo, that's confidence. For you, Lord, have not forsaken them that seek you. How many of confidence is knowing God and it's putting your trust in him? What do you know about God? I know he's, he's never lost a battle. I know that he has no lack. I know that he is good. I know that he is love. I know that he is forever. Amen? And, and we, when we start putting our trust in that, that builds our confidence. Joshua could not have overcome Jericho if he wasn't confident in God. Gideon could not have defeated the Midianites if he wasn't confident in God. Mary couldn't give birth to the Savior if she was not confident in God. And we'll find that confidence in God is really having great faith in God. You know, God puts levels on faith. Some had no faith, some had weak faith, some had great faith. What category of faith are you in? If you're not in great faith yet, you can come on up. There's room for you in great faith. Amen? We could all have great faith. Great, having great faith is not exclusive. It's just a boldness to believe God, no matter what, in spite of any circumstance. You know that God can do it. You know that he's willing. Amen? So this is to be confident it's to trust and, and believe. Now, confidence, this is the noun, it's a belief or conviction that an outcome will be favorable. It's all going to work out for my good. I'm, I may be like Joseph. I may be have thrown into a pit, but it's going to work out good. I may have been falsely accused and thrown in prison, but it's going to work out for my good. Amen. For 17 years, Joseph knew it was going to work out for his good, and eventually he got to the palace running the country. Yeah. Why? Because it's always going to work out for my good, and it has nothing to do with time. Yeah. 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 Confidence is knowing there's a favorable outcome, yeah. Yeah. confidence is, in, is a belief in the certainty of something. How many know that God said what he meant and he meant what he said? God was never confused. If he said by his stripes you are healed, he meant that you are healed. Amen? There's no changing it, no going away from it. All right? Um, Confidence is a trusting relationship. It's a relation of trust. Based on intimacy. Woo! How many know the closer you get to God, the more you trust him? You know, the first thing that God told Abraham was to leave his country, to leave his home, and to leave his father's house. It wasn't until years later that he said, sacrifice your son Isaac. Why? Because Abraham's faith and confidence in God had grown. His trust in God had been developed. So God, the more you, tr- you trust God, he asks for harder things. Because trust is something that grows with God. And God will never break your trust. We, we break trust, but God never breaks his trust. Okay? Confidence is having a solid, positive self-esteem. Love your neighbor as who? Oh, if you have a negative self-esteem, it's going to be hard to love your neighbor because who are you going to love them as? If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love your neighbor as yourself? If you have a low self-esteem, you're going to look at everybody through through the eyes of low self-esteem. You've got to have a positive self-esteem. You get that from being confident in God. You get that from letting God put the right image in your mind. Sin is... Marred the image of who you are. Sin destroyed the image of who you are. But God restores the image of who you really are. We are recreated in Christ. We are conformed in His image. Not our experience. Not our past. Not our pain. Not our hurt. Not the betrayal that people did to me. But we, our image is now in God. The Word of God defines our image now. Why? You're in a new kingdom now. Yes. The kingdom that you're in, you can't live like you did in the old kingdom. Right. You've got to live by a different set of laws. You know, there are laws in the kingdom. There's the law of love. There's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There's the law of faith. And there's the law of liberty. Those are laws in the kingdom. All in the New Testament, by the way. I preached that in, in Liberia. <laughs> confidence is a state of mind or a manner marked by easy coolness and freedom from uncertainty yes. you know in this world there's uncertainty what are the gas prices going to be doesn't matter how can what, what kind of provider is god what kind of provider is god don't worry about the prices. Focus on the the, the provision of your father. Yes. Is God bigger than the gas price? Yes. Is God bigger than the economy of the, the United States? Yes. He's bigger than the White House. Yes. So whatever they do, whatever crazy thing they're doing in the White House, God's bigger. Yes. Our confidence is in God. Yes. Oh, we gotta live like we're confident. You know when the Israelites were attacked by Midian because they sinned and disobeyed God, you know what they did? They were hiding in holes and caves. That doesn't make you too confident. If you're they're like Bugs Bunny sticking his head out of a hole. I should have taken a left turn at Albuquerque. Yeah, what's up, Doc? You weren't meant to live in caves and holes. You were meant to live in houses. Is God building you a cave and hole in heaven? No. He's building you a mansion in heaven. Why are we thinking holes and caves when we should be thinking mansions? It's time that the church gets a mansion mentality. God says he'll fill your homes with good things. He'll, he'll bless you so much, where well, your rooms can't contain it. You know, when we, when Dr. Fiona and I, we bought our first house in Tennessee, we didn't, we didn't really have furniture. We bought a three-bedroom, two-bath house with a fenced-in yard, and we didn't have furniture. And guess what? God filled up every room. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And we sold it in two years and made a profit. Yeah. Hallelujah. I just put a little, All we, the only thing we did was put some paint on the walls because every room was different color. There was no rhyme or reason to that design. One room was blue, one room was fuchsia, one room was brown. What is going on here? I feel like whoever designed their home was like on some psychedelic stuff. I don't know. But, so we painted it all one color, tan, beige, Hallelujah. All right, let's go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And and let's look at some confidence here. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. We're going to start here and we'll read a couple verses. Notice this, 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. Notice that phrase, that you may know. How many know that you have eternal life? Do you know that you have eternal life based on a feeling? Oh, what a feeling. No, it's not based on a feeling. It's based on what's written. You have eternal life because God wrote to you that this is eternal life. He wrote to you so that you know, so that you can be confident that you have eternal life. If, if you ever doubted that you have eternal life, you need to read this verse. These things are written that you may know that you have eternal life and that you, be- you may believe on the name of the Son of God. What's written And the person of Jesus, we have confidence in. Amen? Hallelujah. So, these are written to believers. And what's written is an assurance. What's written is a certainty. God's word is forever settled in eternity. It's forever settled in heaven. So if he wrote that these things are written so that you know that you have eternal life, then this is the reason why we know we have eternal life. If anyone questions your salvation, you say it's written in the book. Okay? Confidence is knowing what is written in the Bible, that it's true, powerful, real, and for certain. That is the way it needs to go. You know what is written and why it's written. This is why God wrote the book. He wrote it so that we could refer to it. Isn't God good? He gave us a book of reference that contains every answer to every life's situations, every life's circumstance. There's not a circumstance in life that anyone could ever experience that the Bible doesn't deal with. So God wrote his word so that we can believe it, so that we can know it. We have to know that God's Word is inspired by God. It's God-breathed. It comes from His heart. It's applicable for us to do it, to have it, to be it, and to experience it. Everything everything that God wrote in His Word is for you. He wrote that for you. This is His covenant with us. This is His promise. In our confession, I just noticed today, it caught my eye, We, we have confidence in His promises. Amen? When you believe what is written, you can know that you have what it says. Okay, let's go down to verse 14. Verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in who? Say, my confidence is in him. It's not in myself. It's not in the government, it's not in any other institution, but it is in God. That's powerful. This is the confidence that we have in him, okay? What confidence do we have in him? He says, if we ask anything according to what? His word is his will. Say his word. Is His will. So if you ask anything according to the Bible, if you ask anything according to what's written, if you ask anything according to what was prophesied, that produces confidence. The confidence that we have is in Him and His word. So if we ask anything according to His will, how does God respond? Three words. He hears us. Say, whenever you ask anything according to God's word, He hears you. Well, there's another scripture, I don't know exactly where it is, but it says, God is waiting to hear His word so that He can perform it. I learned many years ago the importance and the great benefit of praying the word. And even in the New Testament, there are scriptural prayers prayers for wisdom, prayers for strength. Prayers for deliverance. Prayers to be rooted and grounded in love. Prayers to be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Prayers for the Word to have free course. Those are all the, there's, those are written prayers in the New Testament. They're scriptural prayers. That's a good way to train yourself how to pray the Bible. Start with the scriptural prayers. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Colossians 1, Philippians. They're all in there. Start praying those prayers and you'll get more and more developed in praying the Word. That's what I started years ago. And if you ever hear me pray, I'm praying scriptures. Why? Because that's, that, that, that's that's the confidence that I have. I have confidence in the word. I'm not confident in my own opinion. <laughs> I'm confident in what God said. Because I know, you know, I, when I prepare for a sermon... I asked God, I said, God, what do you want to say to the people today? Because if I'm saying what he's saying, that's going to have power. But if I'm saying what I'm saying or someone else is saying, it doesn't have any power. But if I'm saying what God is saying, that's where the power is. So I want to communicate what God is saying to the people in every given moment. And I still pray that prayer all the time before I, I minister. And if God wants to change my sermon, he can. I mean, I prepare. Believe me, I prepare. I spend a lot of time preparing. But at any point in time, God could change it. I've learned a long time ago not to be locked in to what I wrote. Right? you you got to be free and flexible. And part of being confident is freedom and flexibility. Amen? All right? So... This is the confidence that we have in him. Your confidence has to be in God and his word, his will. If you ask anything according to his will. ever say anything. Amen. Notice it's not anything off the cuff. It's not anything you desire. It's anything according to his will. That's the, that's the key. Right? You're not just picking out a prayer off the air. Why am just going to get this prayer off the air according to what the air says? No, according to what his will says. That's what he's listening for. That's what he'll hear. Okay? Now, look at verse 15. This all has to do with confidence. Confidence in prayer. How many want to be confident prayers? When you pray, you know that God's going to do something. You know that he's going to work. He's going to move. He's going to touch. Whatever it is. Because you're praying his word. That produces confidence, okay? Verse 15, still carrying on this thought. This is a confidence. And if we know that he hears us, according to that verse, how do we know that God hears us? Because we're praying according to his will. When you're praying the word, you know that God is listening. God is hearing. It's like the Batphone. phone. How many saw Batman growing up in the 70s? The TV show, not the movies. But Commissioner Gordon had a direct line to Batman, and it was a red phone that blinked, right? It didn't have any other dials on that phone. That phone was connected to Commissioner Gordon's office. And when, when it was ringing or when it was blinking, that was a, a, a call from the commissioner's house. God's word is the bat phone, Right? <laughs> When, when, when we pray the word, there's a phone blinking in heaven that we, God knows. That's my word. That's a believer speaking my word. And I'm listening. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to carry it out. That, just, that illustration just came to me in this moment. I don't have a note saying the bat phone. Okay? So, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, here's the thing. Whatsoever. Oh, my goodness, say whatsoever. Oh, hallelujah. Whatsoever we ask, we know. There's a confidence that we have the petition that we desired of Him. How do you know God's hearing this? Because you're speaking His Word. What language does the Holy Ghost speak? He speaks the Word. The Holy Ghost speaks the word. Do you know that when the Holy Spirit speaks, he only speaks what the Father tells him to say? And when the Holy Spirit speaks, he never goes against Jesus. He always glorifies Jesus. So, when we're speaking the word, we're speaking his language. I want to get closer to God. Speak the word. Amen? Hallelujah. That will produce confidence in you. He said, you can't get any more simpler. This is the confidence that we have in him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He hears and listens to whatever we ask. All right? The word confidence here in this passage of Scripture, it's the uh, Greek word uh, parasitia parousia. It means freedom of speech, confidence, openness, and boldness. How many know the body of Christ needs to be bold as a lion? Why? Because we got a lion from Judah. Some of us need to increase our boldness. God didn't give you a spirit of timidity or fear. Some translations say timidity. I don't know if I should say that. If it's God's word, speak it out. Amen? I mean, could you see Joshua? If God said shout, and Joshua's like, Well, I don't know if that's kind of loud. Should I should we really shout so loud? You know, God didn't say the volume. He just said shout, right? But, but see, if we're, if we're thinking, if Joshua didn't have confidence, he said, I, I don't know if I want the people to shout so loud. And then they'd be shouting, they'd be going,
1: praise the Lord.
2: And the walls would be going, what? Huh? Why aren't those walls falling down? Because you're not loud enough. You're too timid. That's what some Christians treat their problems. Oh, I'm going to tiptoe around this sickness. This is my sickness. My thing to bear. Hogwash. It's not yours to bear. Jesus bore your pain. He took away your sickness. And by his stripes, you are healed. Thirty-nine stripes on his back brought healing to every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every weakness. It brings healing and health and wholeness and restoration and strength. Could you see of Gideon, these aren't even in my notes, the Holy Ghost is trying to get something across to you. You know, Gideon blew a trumpet so loud that it gathered the troops. Could you see, toot, toot, toot. I mean, toot, toot, toot. The troops would be going, huh? What? What'd you say? No. Like Samson. There was a city that opposed him. They were going to turn him in. So he picked up the entire gate. You're talking about iron gate and concrete holding those iron things in place. He picks up the whole gate. Well, that's kind of a heavy load. I don't know if I want to carry it that far. See, I'm, I'm talking about not being bold. Confidence makes you bold. See, if you're not bold, you're timid. And if you're timid, you're given into the spirit of fear. If you're you're letting the enemy silence you when you should be speaking, you're giving in to fear. Could you see Peter in the boat? Jesus walking on the water.
1: Hey, Jesus.
2: If that's you, bid me come. Huh? What? Can't hear you over the waves. No. Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. I, I don't read where Jesus whispered at Lazarus' tomb. Hey, Lazarus. If Lazarus was from Canada he, from Canada he go, Hey? Hey? So when you're confident you're bold. Okay? You get the point? All right. Go with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Ghost. He knows how to get the point across. Acts chapter 4. Look at verse 29. I know we read 32 earlier, but look at 29. So uh, Peter and John were threatened. They got a man who was lame from birth healed before church. As they were coming to church, they got, they got someone healed. And too many Christians come in the parking lot, oh, I hope to get something here. No, you need to come giving something. You need to come giving something. Lay hands on people on your way, man. You see someone depressed in the parking lot, give them joy in the name of Jesus. Anyway, (laughs) I'm having fun today. I think it's this shirt, man. It it, it enhances the preaching. (laughs) Okay, Acts 429. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. What do you do when you're threatened? You go to a higher court. Go to the court of heaven. And grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak the word. If you're timid in your speech, you need to pray this prayer. Grant that your servants with all, not some boldness, with all boldness. God will make your mouth into a megaphone. Amen? I've heard reports of Jonathan Edwards back in the 1700s speak to 100,000 people and everybody could hear him in the last row. They didn't have a microphone. They didn't have an amplifier in the 1700s. But something about his speech, like the strength that Samson had, God would come on his speech and he would amplify his speech. Yeah. With, With all boldness. Say, give me all boldness. Yeah, that's a lot of boldness. I mean, they, they say you can hear a lion's roar two to three miles away. Come on. The devil needs to hear your voice when you speak. Your enemy needs to tremble when you open your mouth. Cause that's, that's what confident people have. Confident people have a voice and they're, and they're not afraid to use it. By stretching forth your hand to heal, That signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. You think God appreciated their prayer? God's a God of boldness. And boldness is a scriptural prayer. And they were praying the Bible. And God heard them. And God exude his confidence in their prayer by shaking the building. Come on. That was a good prayer, kids. Way to go. You're going to be bold. Notice what happens. Okay, in the Amplified, it says that your bond servants may declare your message with great confidence. Okay? And the place was shaken where they assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Same group that was filled on the day of Pentecost is filled here. And, and they spoke what? What did they do? They spoke what? The word with what? Say they spoke the word with boldness. Say, they spoke the word with boldness because they prayed a scriptural prayer. God heard their prayer and he gave them what they asked for. Can you pray for boldness? Yes, you can because they did. That's scriptural. Confident people are bold people. We're not timid in any way, shape, or form. There is no timidity in your blood. There's no timidity in your bones. There's no timidity in your mind. There's no timidity in your hands. There's no timidity in your... Let me tell you something. When I went to Africa, there was no timidity. And believe me, we got a phone call the day before we were leaving by someone who was just there saying, Don't go. It's bad. We spent five grand just for the tickets. We're not going to not go. I don't care what you say. We went and it wasn't like what they said. Because for us, it was good. Because we had prepared the place with prayer. Amen. We had no problem whatsoever anywhere. And believe me, there was a couple times where the van we were driving in wouldn't start. And I'd say, in the name of Jesus, you start. it would start right up. I mean, we went through a puddle so deep that there was weeds in the front of the van. Seriously, we went into that puddle so deep that weeds were sticking out of the radiator area. And there was smoke pouring out of the van like all the water got in the hot engine. And then he was trying to start. I said, in the name of Jesus, that thing started. And it wasn't in the best of shape to begin with. I mean, in the back seat of the van, it had like an aroma of exhaust or fuel or something. You could like taste it in your mouth. And you ride for an hour and a half from the airport in that, that thing, you got to pray. <laughs> there was one day, I mean, our services would start at 10. We wouldn't get there until quarter to 10, to 10.45. But the service starts at 10, so to speak. I mean, I mean, there was one day, traffic was so bad, I was just sitting praying in tongues. Not so much for the traffic, but for me. <laughs> you might as well pray in tongues. That way you don't complain. You know, you, know, you just pray in tongues. Pastor Hamilton, looked back. he said, we're going to get there. I said, yes, I know we are. <laughs> Go back praying in tongues. I mean, okay, you've got this much space. Between two cars, and you got motorcycles going in the space. I mean, mirrors are like this far apart from hitting. And actually, <laughs> we, uh, we had to turn in the median, and, and our driver hit like a big concrete thing. He didn't even stop, just kept on driving. <laughs> well, confidence, amen? Confidence will keep you going. Hallelujah. God is so good. You've got to be confident in God's ability that he gives you to do his will. God has given every one of us ability to do his will. The very fact that he spoke to you his word, his word, the statement that he spoke to you gives you the ability. It gives you the provision. It gives you the equipment, everything that you need to do what God said. When God spoke to Moses at the burning bush and he said, I want you to go into Egypt and deliver my people. Moses had all the provision, all the equipment, everything he needed to go in and deliver the people based on that one statement that God spoke to him. Moses did not approach Pharaoh timidly. Moses went there into the court of Pharaoh. Knowing that he had murdered people in Egypt, he said, let my people go. He wasn't afraid to perform miracles. He wasn't afraid to do what God said. Thank God he grew out of that. Leading sheep on the backside of the desert got all that fear out of him. Amen? And he became confident. You got to be confident in God's willingness to heal and his power and ability to heal. How many know that Jesus is the healer? He is the root source of your victory over any sickness, any disease, any infirmity. Jesus, Matthew four twenty three records: Jesus went about every city, teaching in the synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He's a healer, and healing belongs. Say, healing belongs to me. Say, I am, I am the healed. I am the whole. I am, whole. I am strong and healthy. I am strong and healthy. Amen. Amen. Be confident in his signs and what see. They believed in healing, so they asked God to stretch forth his hand to heal. Yeah. They were confident in his ability to heal. And and isn't it funny? The apostles went and did great signs. Okay? And and you, you gotta be confident in God's presence. Hallelujah. Yeah. They knew that they were in direct communication with God, and whenever trouble came up in their life, they went to God. I mean, Peter and John were put in prison for getting someone healed, and they were let go, and they came back to their own company and told them, and they said they, they went to God about the threats. That, were, that They were threatened to not speak about the resurrection. <laughs> and, and Peter answered it rightly. He said, you know, we're, we're going to obey God, not man. Yeah. Amen. that's confidence you got to be confident in the greatness that God put in you. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. All right? Mm. All right, let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Are you doing okay? I'm having a blast up here today. 1 John chapter 3, starting with verse 20. 1 John 3.20. Well, um, we better just back up here. Uh, let's back up to verse 18. Okay? Verse 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. Okay, you got to have some actions that back up your love. All right, if you love God, you've got to have some actions that back up your love for God. Right? And hereby we know, verse 19, that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Assurance is a confidence word. Verse 20, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, And knows all things. How many has ever done something? We've all done this. Okay, we've all done this. We've all done something wrong knowing it was wrong. And when we're doing wrong, there's a little voice inside of us saying, don't do it. Don't you do it. (laughs) Right? How many has ever heard that voice? That's your heart telling you don't do it because what you're about to do will harm you will hurt you. It will bring pain. Right? You may not see it at that point, but that little voice on the inside of you, your conscience is the voice of your spirit. And he's trying to tell you, God's trying to protect you. Okay? He doesn't want you to not have fun. He doesn't want to limit you, but he wants to protect you because God sees things that we don't see. God knows things that we don't know. So... When you do something against that voice in your heart, your heart condemns you. And if you keep doing it long enough, you make your heart hard. And when your heart is hard, you're a prime candidate for bitterness. You know, the Bible says don't let the root of bitterness spring up. You've got to catch bitterness when it's small and easy to deal with because if you let bitterness come up about past hurts, past pains, past anything, it, it's going to spring up, it's going to grow. And bitterness is attracted to a hard heart. So he's telling you, don't let your heart condemn you. You know, Proverbs tells us to guard our heart for out of the issues of life, Proverbs 4.20, Okay. Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart condemns us, not. So if our heart condemns you, that means something is not right between you and God. God's trying to get your attention. Okay? The enemy uses three things to prevent people from progressing with God. Guilt, shame, and condemnation. But... God frees us from all of those things. Amen? Now, these are things that the enemy uses, guilt, shame, and condemnation. So, he says, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. If your heart is saying, if your heart's not condemning you, that means you're, you're in right relationship with God. You're walking with God. Amen? Things are good. Right? Right? Your heart's not condemning you, therefore you have confidence in God. It's hard to have confidence when you have a sin consciousness. See, guilt, shame, and condemnation, they cause you to focus to have a sin consciousness. You're, you're locked into your past. You're locked into your pain. You're, you're locked into the negative side of things. That's a sin consciousness. And if you have a sin consciousness, you can't be confident in God. How are you going to approach the throne of God if you feel guilty? You're not going to approach God, you're going to start to walk away from God. And you're, you're not going to realize how far you've gotten until you look back. So, say, oh my gosh, I've drifted away a lot because their heart He's condemning us. But he said, that your heart doesn't condemn you, you have confidence with God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. See, if you want to build confidence, keep his word. Do what he says. That builds confidence. Amen? And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Every day you want to ask God, does this please you? Is my lifestyle being pleasing to God? Your flesh can be pleased. You can please people, but how many know you can't please people all the time? Right? Because humanity, they can try to please people all the time, but you're, you're going to end up not pleasing someone. That's just the way our humanity is, because our humanity was born in sin, right? Right? Those of you that are saved, you're not a sinner anymore because the sin nature was taken out. But we still have those human tendencies. Okay? And you've got to have your heart free from condemnation. The Bible says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So if you're going to propagate condemnation walk in the flesh respond out of the flesh speak out of the flesh act out of the flesh that is that's going to make your condemnation stronger but if you respond in the spirit walk in the spirit amen guess what we got to crucify our flesh by the spirit okay okay So we have to be confident before God. When we do what God says, when we live by the way he leads and follow after him, your heart and soul will be assured and bold. When you're walking with God, you're confident. But when you're not walking with God, you're unsure. You don't know what's next. See, if if you disconnect yourself from God in any way, you don't know what's coming ahead. You don't know what's ahead. You don't know where you're going. You're just wandering. Because you have no direction. Right? The only time you're going to have direction for your life is when you're aligned with God. When you're walking with God. You know, listen, we got to be bold in our homes. If things aren't right according to the word in our homes, we got to be bold, loud, and strong. We got to be like Joshua. Who said in Joshua twenty four fifteen? he said, as for me and my house, he said, you choose whom you serve. If Baal is God, serve him. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Yes. Amen. Yes. You got to make that a dictate in your home. Yes. And if, if someone in the home is not living up to that, you got to find out why. And you say, we got to correct this. Yes. Amen. Yes. God's a God of order, yes. not disorder. You bring God into every area of your home, you're going to have a more pleasant home. Amen? And you'll be confident. All right? You've got to be confident in God's generosity, kindness, and compassion. All right? Look at verse uh, 23. 1 John 3:23, And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. He that keeps his commandments dwells in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given us. You know, God hangs out with confident people. Amen. All right. Two more scriptures. Let's go to Hebrews 10. All right. I want to wrap this up here. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Hebrews 10 verse 19. It says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest place by the blood of Jesus. Having boldness or confidence. What are we, how, how can we approach the throne of God? We can do it because Jesus came, gave his life, died on the cross, shed his blood, and rose from the dead. I can come before God's throne into the holy place based on what Jesus did for me. I'm confident in what Jesus did for me. Amen. We got, we got to have some bold entrance into God's holy place. What a privilege it is to go into the most holy place. You don't even need an appointment. There's no secretary that you've got to pass through. You, you have direct access to God Himself sitting on the throne of God in the holy place in the heavenly of heaven, in the heavens of heavens. We have access. Into God's holy place. You can go there anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And you can talk directly to God. What a privilege that is. But he says, having therefore brethren boldness or confidence to enter. Be confident to enter the holy place. Your belief in God, Jesus as God's son and Messiah is your invitation to come. All right? Guilt, shame, and condemnation prevents a person from confidently entering the holy place. Because when you've got guilt, shame, and condemnation, you want to go away from God, not run to God. Okay? But, uh, so a sin consciousness, unholiness, ungodliness, unrighteousness, sensuality or carnality, and immorality diminish your confidence in God. When you're not living right, People who don't live right, they're not having prayer meetings. People who aren't living right aren't even coming to church sometimes. Why? They don't want to be around God's presence. Because something in them is working to prevent them from being here. It's a spiritual battle. And that's why we got to pray. Pray God's word. Amen? But we got to be confident in the blood of Jesus. His atonement, His forgiveness, His cleansing. The Bible says if you confess your sin to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So the minute you, you, you sin and you recognize your sin and you go to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I missed the mark. I did something I shouldn't have done. Right then, He forgives you and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. It's done, he, and He forgets it. And now you're free. Well, I... I went to the Lord and I confessed my sin, but I feel so guilty. I feel, you you need to receive his forgiveness and you need to forgive yourself. Because he's already forgiven you. Amen? Just, it's like getting dusty. Just wipe the dust off. Amen? I mean, how many of you get out of a shower saying, oh, I feel so filthy? No, you just got out of the shower. If you, if you confess your sin, don't carry that sin on anymore. It's done. It, it was right there, gone, wiped away. He sprayed it with his holy Lysol. It's done. The fruit of the Spirit, crucifying the flesh, dying to self, and righteousness enhance your confidence with God. How many want to enhance their confidence with God? See, if you're you're not confident in God, it's going to be hard to speak to mountains that are in your way. It's going to be hard to command an evil spirit to come out of someone. It's going to interfere with the operation of faith. Because faith is confident. Faith is trusting. Faith is bold. Amen? Faith is a force. What the devil does is a farce, but faith is a force. Then he says, verse 20, By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us. What's the new and living way? It's the way of righteousness, holiness, and it's the way of the Lord, because that's the way to the kingdom. He made for you a new and living way. Through his Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. When he died on the cross, so did your sin. Your sin was nailed to the cross. And we don't pick up the crumbs. Say, my sin was nailed to the cross. And I'm free from its dominion. Hallelujah. So get rid of that sin consciousness. Stop living in the past. Stop driving according to your rearview your rear, rear mirror. The windshield is much bigger, it gives you a better view. Don't run your race looking back. Stop being a grave robber. Start living your life for God. Okay? Verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith. That's a confidence word. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Without wavering, that's another confidence word. For he is faithful, that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke Unto love. Guess what? You are, you've been authorized by Jesus to provoke others in love. You're a love provoker. Amen? God gave you a holy cattle prod. So how do we provoke others in love? Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. You see someone that hasn't been here for a while? Guess what? You need to provoke them. In love. Everybody say in love. in love. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We better be exhorting the people who aren't coming more and more because the day is approaching. The day of Jesus' return is approaching. We got too many Christians who let the oil run out of their lamps. They couldn't even Light a wick. The Bible describes people who let the oil run out of their lamp as foolish. They didn't have to. There's a lot of people who are running on empty in the body of Christ. And they need to get out of their emptiness and come into the fullness. Amen. And it's our job to exhort. It's our job to encourage. It's our job to tell them to come. Well, I thought that's what the pastor's job is. (laughs) I do it too. Amen? You know what's funny? In, in Liberia, because we met Donnie, who's from Wisconsin, that's how Joshua Blahey got to our meeting. And, and Gabriel met a pastor who was a waiter at a hotel we went to on Wednesday night. And that pastor came to our meeting the next morning. And, and Pastor Hamilton, he said, from the time that we got off the plane, we were inviting people, we were ministering to people, we were sharing the gospel wherever we went. And that's true. That's what we did. Because we're in the people business, amen? Yeah. And uh, I, I, I told the pastors, I said, Y'all need to go out into this village during lunch, after lunch, after you eat, and go and invite some people to come. And a, a, a group of like six of them did. Because it's better for them to invite people from their village because, you know, they see the white boy, they're like, huh. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, verse 35. Let's go down to verse 35, and then I'm done. I'll leave you with this. This is how important confidence is. The Bible, it's written in heaven. He says, don't cast your confidence away. Don't cast your confidence away. Don't lose your bold, courageous faith. Don't, don't, listen, the world wants to water you down. But guess what? You're water repellent. (laughs) You repel the water of the world that tries tries to quench the fire in your heart. Amen? He says, don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. There are great rewards for being confident. There's great benefits for being confident. There's great benefits for being bold. Amen? And when you cast it away, you lose the reward. Verse 36, you have need of patience. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Sometimes there's time in between the seed planted and the harvest gained. So what are you going to do in the meantime? Be patient. What did Abraham do? Romans 4 tells us he kept his faith strong by giving glory to God. So in the the meantime, between seed, then you got the time, then you got the harvest. In that time, you're praising God. In that time, you're looking to God. In that time, you're speaking the word. In that time, you're thanking God until you get to the harvest. Amen? Harvest is coming. Say, harvest is coming. Okay? Okay? You have to be confident while you're patient. You have to be trusting God while you're patient. Because patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So is long-suffering. Patience has to do with things that you can't control. Like if I book a flight on an airline, I can't always control the delays. Like last year when I went to India, our entire flight was canceled because of some mechanical problem. I can't control that. So I can be patient and then God put me on another flight. But if I'm impatient, you know, if you're impatient, you're like the devil. Oh. Yeah, guess what? He has no fruit of the Spirit. His fruit of the Spirit is hate, sorrow, turmoil. Okay? Verse 37, for yet a little while, he that shall come will come. Guess what? God's presence will show up. What were Paul and Silas doing in the prison? At midnight, they weren't complaining about their wounds. They weren't talking about the darkness. They weren't talking about how bad the circumstances were. They were, ta- they were praising God. So loud that the Bible is recorded, the other prisoners heard them. They weren't whispering,
1: oh, Lord, we praise you.
2: Other prisoners going, what? Huh? No, they, other, other prisoners heard them. That means they were loud. I'm just going to sit at my lunch and say a nice quiet prayer over my lunch so that no one around will know that I'm a Christian. What have you got to lose? You're either going to be bold for Jesus or you're going to be bold for the world. You might as well be bold for Jesus. Amen? Let's, let's get out from under the covers and let's expose the light. Because there's some people that you encounter every day that need to see your light. They need to experience your love. They need to see the power. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Say, God will come, come. But you just got to wait sometimes. All right? But while you're waiting, you're trusting, you're, you're praising. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. You got to make being confident a lifestyle. But if any man draw back... If people want to draw back from faith, they can. But God said, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. God's not a retreater. He's not in favor of people drawing back. Now, people can be drawn back. The Bible says some people are drawn back to their own vomit like a dog. I'm not even going to describe that. Because I'm thinking about some African dogs. So I'm, not, I'm that's just on the shelf. Look at verse 39. This is a confident statement. We are not of them that draw back. Say, I am not of them, not of them that them draw back. back. Draw back, drawing back is not in my plan. Unto perdition or unto destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Don't stop believing, but be confident. I'm confident that God brought you here today, and that he wants to do something in your life. He's, he's He is willing, and he has the capability and the ability and the power to bring it to pass. Amen? If you need healing in your body, come and receive. If you need uh, to make an adjustment in your life, you weren't